say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. You need another. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new direction. My name is Jay Izzo, and ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you something. Have you ever had those moments when you had to deal with people you just can't stand? You know what I'm talking about? You know those people that you just go, yeah, you're getting on my nerves. Just, ah, oh, man, I can't. If I have to deal with that person one more time, you know what? We have the answer for you today. The book is actually called Dealing with People You Can't Stand, and we have one of the authors, Dr. Rick Brinkman, is going to join us today. The book is fun, it's hilarious, but it is so darn good. This book is for literally every human being on the planet. If you are not human and you are listening to the show, you're excluded. But if you are human, this book um, is just for you. It is absolutely a joy. It, I, I, I have read every word. I have read some words as many as eight or nine times. It is just a brilliant book. My gosh, dealing with people you can't stand, how to bring out the best in people at their worst. Uh, coaches, you need to get a hold of this book. Uh, I am a coach. I, listen, th- th- this book is invaluable. This is going to be a resource. This is a toolbox. It is just going to be the absolute perfect book for you. It's available on Amazon. It's also available on Audible. I know so many of you people say, gosh, I'm, the books that you do, are any of them available on Audible? Well, this one is. This one is absolutely available on Audible, and it is brilliant, and it's fantastic. You're going to love Dr. Rick. He's got a great sense of humor. And um, well, I, he, him and I have already become, I feel like we've already become really great friends, and I got a feeling that we're going to have a future together because there's more books that he's done that are right along these lines, and uh, I can't wait to do more. I hope we get to do more on this book later in another show. But let's do what we do every, every week, and you know what that is, ladies and gentlemen. Right, and that is I walk you through the four areas of your life. Look, folks, I believe that we are four-part people. We are physical people, mental people, emotional people, and spiritual people. All right, and I, I believe I can defend that pretty darn easily. But you know what? I also know. I also know that we are currently living in a time where our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual parts of us are being challenged at a very unique level. And, you know, for how we, for most of us, if not all of us, they're being tested in a very unique way. So as we walk through these four areas, as I walk you through these four areas, what I want you to do is I want you to do, to, to keep in mind a couple of things. First of all, regardless of circumstance, you can improve in every area. It doesn't matter. You can improve yourself physically. You can improve yourself mentally. You can improve yourself emotionally. You can improve yourself spiritually. Regardless of what the circumstances is around you, right? So when I ask you where you're at right now, okay, it may be low, but really the bigger question that I really want you to ask yourself is what can I do to improve in that area right now? And and you may have to be creative. You may have to, and I hate using this expression, but I'm going to use it. You may have to think outside of the box how to do that, right? And so, and then sometimes it's just plain old fashioned determination, resilience, and intention, right? So as I walk us through these, you know, I want you to, I want you to be thinking, yeah, this is where I'm at, but this is not where I'm going to stay. That, that's how I want you to think about these things, okay? So the first area of the life we're going to talk about, scale of one to 10, one is miserable, 10 is outstanding, right? Where are you at right now physically? And, and what I mean is, are you getting some workouts in, even if that's the home workout? I mean, there's lots of things we could do, right? Stretch, walk, jog, bike. There's a lot of things that we can be doing. You can, you know, I created my own gym with my Jeep, right? I've got battle ropes and got cables and all sorts of things to, to create. There's just a number of ways that you can be creative, right? Getting exercise. And then, but the other part is, you know what? Eating right is really important, right? So eating well-balanced meals, not eating garbage, which is so much of our tendency when we're kind of in this particular period of our of our lives during this little short period of time that we're going to be in, and it is going to be short. But we're, we're, you can eat better. You can drink water. You can get the right amount of sleep. Too much sleep is can be a detriment, but not getting enough sleep is also a huge detriment to your body. So how are you doing on that scale of 1 to 10? And then I want you to think right now, what can you do to improve that area of your life physically, right? 
So there's your first number. So hold on to your first number. The second number I'm going to talk about is the mental number. And what I'm asking you here mentally is I'm asking you to ask yourself on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 miserable, 10 outstanding, how well are you doing consuming things and learning things that are improving you, your knowledge, your wisdom, your ability to understand, your ability to uh, walk through this life on a mental level, utilizing both halves of your brain, the, the, the creative side, which is the right side of your brain, the logical side, which is the left side of your brain. What are you doing? How are you doing to actually improve both halves of your brain and, and help yourself mentally, right? But again, as whatever that number is, and that's okay, what are you going to do to improve it? What are you going to do to change? What, what can you do? You can read books. You could take up an instrument. You can start learning an instrument. You may have some extra time in your hands. Why not pick up an instrument? Why not learn a foreign language? So many things that you could be doing to improve. So you've got two numbers. You've got a physical number and a mental number, right? Two. The third number is the emotional number. And, you know, controlling our emotions right now is probably one of the biggest things that you can do. A lot of times we refer to these things like emotional quotients or emotional intelligence. But the fact of the matter is, is that so much of our emotions are intentional, right? We, we have to understand that we have choices when it comes to our emotions, that we can choose how we feel. We don't have to be locked into, you know, I, 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 I can only feel this way because this is the only way I can feel or I'm locked into feeling this way. No, you, you have a choice. And then, but the second part of all this, and when it comes to emotions, whatever this number is, scale of one to 10, one being miserable to be outstanding is, how well are you able to tap in and understand the emotions of others? Maybe the better question is how, how willing are you to do that? Right? How willing are you to really truly understand and look at people in a different way and really understand that from an, you know, from an empathy standpoint, what they're feeling, right? How well are you doing that? Scale of one to 10, right? All right, so you got three numbers, physical, mental, emotional, and then finally the spiritual number. And spiritually, what I'm talking about here is spiritually, I'm asking you, if you removed the physical, mental, and emotional, whatever you have left, which sometimes we refer to as the soul. Many times you'll hear about uh, talking about the will. Some people refer to it as our heart, right? Not the physical heart, but the heart of who we are. Got to ask yourself this question. What is it that's giving you peace right now? Deep down inside yourself, right? For many people, it's God. For some people, they will say it's nature or, or meditation or something else to that nature. But the real question is on a scale of one to 10, how's it working for you? One miserable, 10 outstanding. How's it working? And then what can you do to improve that? What, what can you do to change that? You know, if it is God, the question I always ask people, if, you know, if, it's, if God is where you get your peace and your sense of joy, how is that relationship working out for you? Is it working? What do you need to do to change that? If, it, if it's nature, you know, what is that? How's that working for you? Right? And what do you need to do to change that? So you got four numbers, right? You have a physical number, a mental number, an uh, emotional number, a spiritual number. Think of those as like the four legs of a chair right? If the chair is uneven, right? It's really bad on your posture and it's very difficult for you to sit and to eat or to do anything on an uneven chair. And we don't like to sit in it very long. That's probably a sign that says you need to change something in one of these four areas, if not all four of the areas. By the same token, if the chair is too low, if those legs are so low, it makes it difficult to sit in and it makes it a, a problem for us to be able to um, also um, have that uh, ability to be the best that we can be. So those are your four areas. And so I, I got to tell you something. I know the the man that I'm about to introduce to you believes in these four areas. And his book reveals that. And I, I could just tell you, his name is Dr. Rick Brinkman. And he's been in public practice since 1980. He's toured nationally and abroad, performing keynotes and trainings in 17 countries. He's the co-author and author of six McGraw-Hill books, including the international bestseller that we're actually going to talk about today called Dealing with People You Can't Stand, How to Bring Out the Best in the People at Their Worst. It's sold over 2 million copies, has been translated into 25 languages. He's also the co-author of Dealing with Relatives, Life by Design, Bringing Out the Best in Yourself, Love Thy Customer. Uh, his latest book is Dealing with Meanings You Can't Stand, Meet Less and Do More, uh, which I can already tell people's ears have perked up. Uh, his clients have included the NASA Astronauts Corps, the Lucasfilms, the Department of Defense, Sony Pictures, the Federal Reserve, Adobe, Wells Fargo, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, and many others. He's been a featured guest on CNN, 
and is a frequent communication expert for publications such as the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Oprah Magazine, and USA Today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, and please welcome to A New Direction, Dr. Rick Brinkman. Welcome. Yeah, well, thank you, Jay. That's great, great introduction. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I definitely go along with the four legs of the chair. I remember I used to use that with patients. <laughs> oh, really? I, even, <laughs> it, it's really interesting that you say that because um, I, uh, I, I tell people all the time that, you know, this is something I learned way, 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 way back. I don't remember where it was, where it was. I learned it from. I, well, actually, I kind of do. I think it was in a, I think it was in a small group somewhere that I was in. And I was so intrigued by it, that whole idea of checking in with yourself, because I'm such a person who wants to improve. And I think it's just a simple little tool that we can, you know, we can all use on a daily basis. Where am I at today in these four areas and what can I do to change it? Um, and so I, I've always used it. So I really and I really it's just been something that I've always enjoyed doing. So let's talk about this book, um, this book, okay. Dealing with People You Can't Stand. And I want to just jump. Uh, right out of the gate here to um, to the introduction, because there's something that you say in the introduction that I just found so uh, revealing about the book, and I think is important for people to understand. And I'm just going to read it. It's, you, you say this book will help you identify and assemble elements of effective communication. Communication with problem people is similar to making a phone call, and this is where I found it to be so brilliant. You must dial all the numbers in the correct order if you want to get through, but we also have to keep in mind there will always be a few people, no matter what you do, um, that will not answer the phone and take your call. Let's let's talk about the communication and the, that analogy for a second of just that we have to communicate in a particular order when it comes to dealing with difficult people. Yeah, you know, I remember being with a, a couple in my office and uh, it was the end of the visit. Everybody's feeling great. She suddenly turned to him and said, honey, let's go to the Rose Gardens. He looked at her and said, nah, and she went, okay. And I said, wait a second, what's your intent right now? Why do you want to go to the Rose Garden? She goes, well, we're feeling close when we haven't a long time. We have an hour before we have to pick up the kids. I thought it would be nice to spend some quiet time together. And he said, that's a great idea. I don't want to be outside, too hot, too buggy. How about the cafe we've been meaning to try? Now, studio audience, does she really care about going to the Rose Gardens? No, she cares about spending time together, and that's called intent. It's overall purpose, and intent is like the area code of a phone number. It really goes up front. You know, I also saw a lot with couples where, uh, let's say somebody's upset about something. They want to clear the air, good intent. They go up to their partner, even with a very neutral tone. You know, I was upset the other day when he said that, that I, because, and then their partner hears a sound in their mind like this. <laughs> we are under attack. This is not a drill. Oops. Misunderstanding. If you start with intent, the area code, you say, I love you. I care about you. I hate that something blocking our communication. I'd like to clear the air. Ah, now they know where you're coming from. Home is not where you go when you're tired of being nice to people. So, so here's the that's th- a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making sure. Okay. I, I, no, I got it. That, that's awesome. I, I think other people uh-huh. are laughing all over the place here on uh, Facebook uh-huh. Live and, and uh, also CastBox FM Live and also, um, you know, all those people who will be listening on the podcast, I, I promise you they're laughing. And then the people who are listening also at uh, the Oak 93.5 FM uh, in Raleigh, we uh, know that you're listening and laughing right along with Dr. Brinkman as well. <laughs> so um, – I, I, I don't want to just jump right into getting to know the people because I, I, that we're going to talk about some of these people. But I want to kind of jump a little bit ahead where that we've actually got four choices uh, when it comes to dealing with the yes. people. And you the, the first couple are kind of easy, right? You can stay. You can you, you can stay. You can stay and do nothing. You can, it's one choice. Uh, you can vote with your and food. suffer and suffer. Suffering right. falls in that category. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and <laughs> mm-hmm. you may you may be a martyr in enjoying doing that. Um, and then <laughs> you can vote with your feet. Yeah. You can vote with your feet, right? We can walk away. But then the next two, these get this is where I think the rubber really meets the road. Number three is you can change your attitude about difficult people. But number four, which requires number three, is you can change your behavior. Let's talk about three and four, changing your attitude, changing your behavior when it comes to dealing with difficult people. 
Yeah, well, you know, you change your attitude so you're not reacting to, to people, uh, but instead really paying attention at a closer level. And the book certainly goes into what you need to pay attention to, where people are really coming from, what do they really need from you right now. And then you, you uh, adjust your behavior because if what you're doing isn't working, you have a guarantee. It's not working. Anything else you do increases the likelihood of your success, and that's called be flexible. If you have no idea what to do, anything you have not done is more likely to succeed than what you've observed consistently fails. And I know personally, if I'm stuck in a situation, I usually ask myself, what's the last thing I'd really want to do right now? Ugh, and whatever occurs to me, I may not like it, but I force myself to do it, and I can't believe how often that unlocks the situation and moves us forward. And of course it is because it's the last thing you want to do. It's a thing you haven't done. And that's why it's stuck with that person or maybe that type of behavior. I, 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 you know, I think one of the things that, you know, caught me about this is that so often we are so focused on trying to change the people that we miss that really the change starts with ourselves. Yes, you, you influence the people around you. So you adjust something in yourself, you'll get something uh, uh, different there. I mean, you want to take the attitude of what I call a conscious communicator. And a conscious communicator is paying attention to the cause-effect relationship between what you do and what you get. Uh, you can think of people like musical instruments. We play them with our behavior. If we don't like the tune we're getting, if we change something in ourselves, we'll get something different over there. Mm -hmm. And then as you take that attitude, you'll find that when people act out, it's not as stressful because you recognize the opportunity. Okay, it's like going to the gym. Great, I have to present an idea to somebody who tends to be a closed-minded know-it-all. A little bit later, I have to break some bad news to somebody who gets into whining. Right. And each one of these behaviors is actually going to uh, exercise a different muscle group in right. your uh, mental and emotional abilities. And once you realize there's always something in it for you, that this is just a workout, uh, that already is an attitude adjustment that helps you see things that you totally missed previously. When, when we start talking about these, before we start talking about the specific people, which I know that everybody's just jumping at the bit and going, I want to, 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 I know, <laughs> I know you do. I listen, I know that you want me, want us to start talking about the snipers and the tanks and the grenades and the judge and the, and the martyrs and the meddlers and the yes people, the no people, the know-it-all people, the th they think they know-it-all people. I know you want to hear all those and we'll get to some of those, I promise you. Um, but I think in order for us to understand uh, how these people come to be, uh, I think one of the there's a couple things that you point out here is that there are different levels of assertiveness um, from passive to aggressive and that there are patterns to what people focus their attention on in any given situation, whether that's task focus or people focus. Can we talk a little bit about that lens of understanding? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we all have uh, different parts of us and you should think of uh, behavior like clothing, you know, depending on context and relationship, where you're going and who you're with, you might be wearing different things. So if you're going out on a formal thing, you'll be wearing something. If you're at a business meeting, something different, you're lounging at home, it's something different. And so people are very flexible, but we think of them in a certain way because we tend to only know people in very limited context and very limited uh, relationships. I mean, you know, your listeners could know somebody who seems to be a bully, they're pushy, they're aggressive. You can believe what a wimp that person can turn into in a different context. My wife tells people she has to come to a seminar to hear me speak because in most social situations, I'll be a nothing person. Mm. Of course, I explained to her, honey, I'm a professional. You have to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, by the way, we're talking with Dr. Rick Brinkman. He's author of the book, Dealing with People You Can't Stand. Uh, and we're just kind of getting into the early parts of the book, and we're kind of just trying to give you kind of what I would call a foundation, if you will, of how we prepare ourselves and what we kind of need to know um, uh, before we decide to start attacking, and attack is a bad word, before we start trying to influence the behavior of some of these individuals uh -huh. that we all uh -huh. run across. Uh, in our lives, or who we may be from time to time, for sure, depending on the situation. So you talk about there are four uh, determinants of focus and ass ass assertiveness. 
And you say yes. every behavior has a purpose or an intent that the behavior is trying to fulfill. People engage in behavior based on their intent, and they and they do what they do based on what seems to be most important at any given moment. So let's talk about these four general intents, if you don't mind, you know, kind of giving us a rundown yeah. of get the task done, etc. Sure. If you imagine uh, our lens of understanding, if you imagine a circle and it's uh, we call this the green zone, the cooperation zone, and we have four basic intents. We want to get things done. We want to get those things done right. We want to get along with people and we want to get appreciated by people. Uh, so if we want to get things done, what's going to happen very naturally is we'll be task focused on what we're trying to get done and we're going to be more assertive to push it forward and make it happen. And that's what it takes to get things done. But on the other hand, it's also important to get it right. And if we want to get it right, and that's primary, then we're going to still be task focused, but now, whoa, slow it down, make mm -hmm. sure the details get covered. <laughs> Obviously, given anything you're working on at any point in the timeline, there's a perfect balance. You can get it done and get it right. It's important to get along with people. You know, we all have true friends. We have relationships. Well, when we want to get along with people, we're focused on people. But in those cases, we tend to be a little less assertive because we make our own needs secondary. This is what you can observe when people go to lunch. You want to go to lunch? Sure. Where would you like to go? I don't know. Where would you like to go? I don't know. Are you hungry? I don't know. Are you? Really? We really don't know if we're hungry? We could figure it out. But what we're doing is we're making our own needs secondary to please somebody else. It's part of getting along. It's less assertive. It's important to get appreciated by people. Now, if we want to be appreciated, that's what we focus on. But in those cases, we tend to get more assertive because what goes hand in hand is contribution. Ooh, ooh, you ever got to face lunch? You haven't? Everybody, up, let's go now. <laughs> so depending on context and relationship, where are you and what's going on, one of these four rises to the top and becomes the primary. And if people are not getting what they need from those around them, then their behavior changes and they go into what we call the caution zone, the yellow zone. So, you know, let's say I need to get something done. The deadline is upon us. I'm depending on my some of my coworkers, and I see that they're just off task, going on tangents that are unnecessary, way behind. Then I'm going to go, OK, people, control. Here's what we're going to do. Mary, you're on the phone. Jack, you're doing this. I would take over and control. Mm -hmm. Then it happens. What if it's got to be right and the people I depend on for information tell me, well, you know, it's about 50, I think. About, you think? Then I'm going into those details no one's paying attention to. Perfection. If I want to get along and I'm not sure it's happening, I go into approval, do things to make sure everything's okay between us. And if I want to be appreciated, it's not happening, I go into attention, do things do things to get people to notice. Now, the yellow zone is not necessarily a problem. Sometimes the, the yellow zone is a solution. Somebody, you know, takes charge and moves us forward. Somebody uh, really makes sure all those details get covered. But if people get a little too stressed out, <laughs> you want to hear something really scary, they'll turn into all those red zone behaviors right before your very eyes. <laughs> oh, it's so true. It's so true. And I'm I'm sitting here, I'm laughing because I know people like this, but I also know it's me. I know it's me from time yeah. to time too as well. I know it. His name is Dr. Rick Brinkman. The book is entitled Dealing with People You Can't Stand. And you're listening to him here on A New Direction. Hey, you know what? New Direction has a, a couple sponsors and one of them is Epic Physical Therapy. They're my physical therapists. I love them. They're absolutely outstanding. And, you know, look, whether you're recovering from an injury or surgery or you're suffering everyday aches and pains, or maybe you're having difficulty performing activities of daily life, maybe you're an athlete and you're just not reaching the goals that you want, or, or maybe you're being a little inhibited because you got that nagging thing going on. Or, you know, let's just make it simple. What if you just want to improve how you personally feel and move? Well, look... The, the elite team at Epic Physical Therapy will provide you with a customized treatment plan tailored to your individual needs. Look, with their experience in rehabbing young athletes to elite professionals, they understand the need to, tr the need to treat the entire body as a functional whole, not just your symptoms or your injury. If you're ready for epic relief, epic recovery, and absolute epic results, you can learn more by going to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And also, we must thank Linda Craft and Team Realtors because, you know what, for 35 years now, they have been uh, around and they have been just absolutely fantastic. Matter of fact, they're, they're, their customers, their clients tell the, what they say, that they are literally the 
they their customer service is legendary. That's what their customers and clients say. It's not what they say. It's what someone else is saying about them. And if you want to find out why, well, you should go find out about Linda Kraft and her team. Look, they understand that real estate is probably going to be the largest single personal purchase you're probably going to make in a lifetime. They also know that bigger than that purchase is the memories that you're going to make in, in your home. And so if you're ready to sell your home or, or buy a new home, they want to create a relationship with you that's real, that's authentic, and they want to get to understand you and your home and do the best that they can for you. And at the same time, take the stress out of it and, and help you get, get what your dream is out of all of this. So if you're ready for your dream, if you're ready to uh, literally learn why they, other people say they are lit- literally their services legendary, why not go to the folks at lindacraft.com? Just go to lindacraft, L-I-N-D-A. C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction with Dr. Rick Brinkman and the book Dealing with People You Can't Stand. Uh, absolutely uh, fabulous reads. Available in Audible. Uh, just Amazon is Audible. It's paperback. It's Kindle. It's just... It's absolutely just an outstanding read, and it's so good. It's literally for everybody. I don't care who you are. It's filled with humor. Uh, the examples are hilarious. I found myself uh, bursting out loud. My my wife thought I had lost my mind at times because I would just be sitting there reading the book, and all of a sudden I would just burst out in uncontrollable laughter. So, uh, but the, 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 but everything was so poignant and so well done. It's so well written. It's just an absolutely great book. And uh, we're, we're talking about, we just got finished talking about the intents um, and, and about what happens when it's get it done, get it right, get along, get appreciated. So let's start talking, if you don't mind, let's start talking about some of these, um, some of these different people. Maybe we'll kind of do an overview of some of the ones that I think people are probably most interested in. Let's, let's talk about who, who there's, there's a term you call the tank. Who's the tank? What what is the tank like? Yeah, well, we got to deal with them first because they don't have all day. They got places to go and people to do. <laughs> the tank is rolling. It is like forward motion, and you are part of uh, the result, or you are eliminated. Anything that takes too long will escalate the attack. Anything they think is a waste of time and a relevant tangent will escalate the attack. Anything they think is forward progress tends to de-escalate the attack. Uh, the tank can also be the proverbial high school bully. And, you know, you have to stand up to them and then they become your best friend because assertive people like assertive people. You need to meet them where they are by being assertive. And so with a tank attack, the first thing you're going to do is let them vent. It's always good for people to get a little bit out of their system. Uh, but while you're venting, you just, if you're face to face, you just look them in the eyes. You just hold your position and look at them. If you're on the phone, you just stop. Okay, there's 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 an uh, assertive understatement to just being there present and then 60 seconds or less venting, you interrupt them. So you say their name, whatever name is normally appropriate. In general, you do not want to comment on the marital status of their parents or their mother's canine gender. (laughs) Sir, sir, Frank, Frank, Mr. Bittner, Mr. Bittner. And without waiting for an open, you backtrack. That means you just say back some greatest hits of what people said. I hear you think of a genetic, genetic mistake. We're way behind. They go, you bet you're way behind. Really, it's going to cost us? Sir, 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 it's going to cost us. I would say you do about three rounds of backtracking. Whenever you backtrack what people say, it lets them know you've listened to them, which is very powerful. You want them to know you've listened to them. But then uh, after three rounds of backtracking, you're going to try to move it forward and you're just going to aim at the bottom line. And uh, usually the bottom line will be a statement of intent. You know, what's the tank's intent? What's your intent? I mean, here's a great example of this. So I I was at a airport lost luggage counter. I'm the second person in line. The guy in front of me is tanking the person at the counter as if she purposely mislabeled his bags and sent them to El Salvador. (laughs) All of a sudden she puts her pen down. She looks him in the eye. She says, sir, 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 I get this is very inconvenient. For you, you think we're total idiots for losing your luggage. Backtrack, I'm listening. And then she bottom lines it. However, there are only two people at this counter who care about recovering the luggage. And of those two people, one of them is quickly losing interest. <laughs> and he said, what do you need to know? <laughs> uh, that's now, brilliant. that's the beauty of dealing with people in tank mode. 
there's it's not an ego motivated behavior at all it's totally about the result that's why they're so ruthless because it's all results oriented and uh, this is also why afterwards very quickly they go wow i didn't know you had it in you and the great thing is if you if you know a tank in an ongoing relationship that if you stand up to them once they tend to respect you and they tend not to tank you anymore yeah the, you know that this is the beautiful thing about uh this and, and and the reason why I wanted to jump just to the tank real quick because there's some terms and there's some essential skills I, I knew you were going to go through and you're going to use some of the words and I felt it would be a good way just to give people a little teaser uh, we'll go back but I thought we should also but it would also help us to talk about some of the essential skills we need to have um, I feel like the couple of things that you um, have talked about and we're gonna we're gonna get to all of them I think but blending and redirecting. Because these are mm. these are two really you make a point of saying that these are two essential skills, uh, and when we're dealing with trying to get from conflict to cooperation with any of these um, any of these behaviors. So can we talk about blending and redirecting? What that is? Absolutely, uh, blending is meeting people where they are, uh, and it happens in a multitude of ways. You know, you're going you go someplace sometime with someone, and uh, you're in a conversation, and you discover. What? We grew up in the same place. In that moment, difference your mood, you feel closer, that's blending. You're with a little child, you come down, kneel down, meet them at eye level, you're reducing physical difference, blending. You're with a friend uh, and you dress in similar style or colors, wear the same sports team paraphernalia, blending. With a friend in a restaurant, you look at the menu, then you say, what are you going to have? What is what they're going to have? Have to do what you're hungry and thirsty for. It's not about hunger or thirst. It's about rapport. Mm. All of that is blending. Backtracking, saying back what somebody says, letting them know you've listened to them. That's very powerful blending. Then if you ask questions to find out more, it shows you actually care to understand. Having a person feel understood is one of the, the most powerful skills you can do as uh, blending. And the one thing to note also is that blending is not a one-time thing. It builds up like a bank account between people. Mm. So, you know, anybody you say you trust is blended with you. Now, it could be in general. It could be in some specific subjects. You know, maybe there's somebody whose computer advice, they tell you to do it. You just do it. You don't even ask questions because you trust them on that, but you may not be taking their relationship advice as quickly. So, there's, there's, see this, you just brought up the other two piece of it because you just said, okay, so because people want to be heard and understood and, and it's true, right? We, I mean, we, it's kind of a cliche. We say that all the time. I think, you know, you know, but you say masterful communicators make it their goal to listen and understand first before attempting to be heard and understood. And so often, what is the saying, right? You know, seek to seek to understand before you need to be understood. Right. And which is just absolutely true. But we kind of just flippantly say that without really, I think sometimes really considering what it really takes to understand uh, another person. And one of the things you say is, you know, you must temporarily set aside your need to be heard and understood because understanding occurs on two levels. And you say emotionally and intellectually. Can you talk just briefly about what it means to be understood emotionally and intellectually? Yeah, you know, let's, uh, somebody's upset about something, oh, no, my, my beloved pet died, and you go, oh, no, that's terrible, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. You're blending on an emotional level at that point, so uh, emotionally you understand what somebody's feeling, and mental understanding is you understand what somebody's saying, okay, I, I want to go out to dinner, and I want I gotta, don't have a lot of time, so, you know, we've got to go someplace close by, and someplace not too expensive, okay, all right, so we got to fit within an hour, all right, we'll make sure we do that uh, close by, so now you, when you backtrack their uh, criteria, in this case, uh, you're letting them know that you understand, uh, and you, that you've listened to them, and then redirecting would be when you set a new direction, all right, well, why don't we go here, uh, it's Close by, won't cost too much. Have you ever been there before? I know you like to go to new places, assuming we know that about this person, and that would be a blending statement. If I just said it out of the blue and I didn't know it, it could be a reverse blending statement. If that's not true, it'd be like, what? They don't know me at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> that so, but we we could take this we could take this understanding uh, at a deeper level, right? We can do it. And you talk about the identifying, uh, positive intent. What, what, yes. do you, what do you mean by positive intent and, 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 and what, what, what are we trying to do with positive intent? 
Well, you know, let's going back to somebody who's in that get it done control zone. Uh, it's all about the result. You would blend with them if your communication is more bottom line to the point. Here's where we stand. Here's what we need to, uh, to do about it. What else do you want to know? You would not give them too much information. You would just bottom line it with them up front because they don't have all day. They're not interested in a long-winded explanation. In fact, if you went into a long-winded explanation, they'll probably interrupt you and talk over you and cut it short. Now, kind of the opposite of that is somebody who's more get it right, in which case if somebody's more in that right thing, blending with their intent was be appreciating that they're paying attention to all the details and we make sure everything's covered. And I really uh, appreciate how you, you do that. And so uh, you're meeting people where they are in the get along area. If you're easygoing and friendly, hi, how you doing? How's your day going? You know, how's the family? Okay, uh, that's meeting them where they are. You would start out with pleasantries. With somebody more in the get it done area of the lens, you might not start with pleasantries. You might just go, all right, here's where we stand on this thing because it's all about a task, not about people. And then if we go to that uh, uh, appreciation attention area of the lens. If we say to somebody, boy, you should bring a lot of value to this team, that will like totally uh, blend with them. You know, this is this is where I think this is so powerful and that we kind of miss the boat, in my opinion, is when we and, and you make a point in the book that if we listen really carefully, we we will know if these are get it done people, if these are get it right people, if yes. these are get along people, if these are get appreciation people, if we are just paying attention we can, you know, we can pick up on those cues pretty easily if we're really listening to what they're saying. And we should be doing that on a regular basis. And we should be practicing doing that. You know, just, you know, even if you're, you know, outside the conversation, you should be trying to identify, well, is this person in the get it done mode or the get it right mode or just trying to get along with people or are they, they, they you know, get appreciation people. But the point being is that depend, once we identify that, this is critical Regardless of, because every one of these uh, difficult people that we're going to talk about fall into one of these categories or a blend of these categories. And that that then sets the tone of, first of all, how can we blend? And then, you know, where do we back away? I, I, think, that's, I think that's what's so critical about these four areas that I don't want people to miss. Because if they're paying attention, right? Mm. I mean, because I, I don't think... I don't think dealing with these people makes as much sense if we don't understand, if you don't know where they are. Am I missing that or did I get that wrong? Oh, no, you, you need to know where they're at. That's one of the first things you want to pay attention to and, and meet them where they are. Now, it doesn't mean that somebody's always get it done. You know, you could have a boss who's all get it done. And then one time you go out to lunch and suddenly they're laughing and jovial. And I got to tell you this joke. And it's because there's no task on the table at that moment. It's not about task. All of a sudden they've moved more into a get along mode. Mm -hmm. uh, people have all of it. We have all of them within us. But we have certain ones we're more likely to go depending on context, where are we, what's going on, and relationship who who we're with. And that's why it will uh, there'll be an illusion that you think some people seem to be someplace most of the time, but that's because you only know them in a limited context and a limited relationship. You always have to assume people are capable of so much more. And that leads me to one of my favorite when, – when I was in grad school in psychology and even as an undergrad, I guess this was even as an undergrad – uh, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite um, pieces of research was the Pygmalion effect, mm, because mm -hmm. that the Pygmalion effect is so critical to how we deal with to how we deal with people in general, because it's been demonstrated over and over and over again. By the way, uh, yes. So why don't you talk about the Pygmalion effect and how uh, how that affects how we might communicate with people we can't stand? Well, uh, Rosenthal Jacobson took, uh, I believe, uh, three teachers or so, the number of teachers, and they said, uh, we want to do an experiment. Uh, we're going to have put all these gifted children in your classroom, but they don't know they're gifted. Uh, so that's what we want to find out is how that w works for you. So don't ever let, let in on that. And, you know, they went through the year. At the end of the year, the teachers were like, oh, my God, it was so wonderful to work with gifted children. We wish we could work with them all the time. <laughs> Rosenthal looks at Jacobson and goes <laughs> – can that was the test they weren't gifted some at the bottom of the class in the ghetto last year the teachers were like well we must be gifted teachers they go nah you were chosen out of a hat 
And <laughs> as you believe, so shall it be. Mm. The the projection, the unconscious behaviors of the teachers assuming something about their students actually was picked up by the students and they responded to it. And so we call that projecting positive intent, that you want to assume that no matter how people are acting, buried behind that, even if the behavior on the surface is a little twisted, <laughs> is there's positive intent. It's meant to do something. You know, like somebody who's a meddler. Uh, if you have a relative who's, who's meddling, their positive intent is really to help you. Now, that may not be helpful, nor may maybe you don't want them to do that, but that's positive intent. Right. And I would say anytime you're worried about somebody taking things the wrong way, that's a mental signal. It's time for positive intent. And positive intent has two parts. It has projecting on them, and then it has being clear about your intent. So let's go into a work context and let's say I have to give somebody some feedback. If I say, you know, some of your team members have been complaining about, hey, I'm a team player. Da, 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 they will immediately get defensive. <laughs> if I want to nip that in the bud, I say, you know, I, I know you're a team player. I know you really care about your team members. What can they say to that? Oh, no, you're wrong. I love annoying people. If I annoy you, it's a new record. <laughs> Woo! The, oh, it's like giving a pe people a, a psychological mental shove. They will take a step in that. Well, yes, of course I'm a team player. Then you'd go, all right, great. Now let me share you something that will help you in that endeavor. That's clear about your intent. You're not there to give them their daily adult dose of abuse. You're there to help. They care about team play. You care about them blending. Mm, that's awesome. Uh, his name is Dr. Rick Brinkman. The book is entitled uh, Dealing uh, with People You Can't Stand. Uh, available Amazon, by the way, uh, Audible, uh, Kindle, paperback. It's it's absolutely outstanding. I, I cannot recommend it more. It's just a fantastic book. I uh, really believe it's for everybody, uh, honestly. As long as you're human, it's for you. Uh, because you're going <laughs> to... <laughs> because, uh, because the truth of the matter is, we're human. We're going to deal with people who uh, we're not going to get along with at, from, at different times. We're going to deal with people who will annoy us. We're going to deal with people who make it difficult on us. We're going to deal with people who are going to get in our grill. We're going to deal with people who believe that they know more about our lives than we do. We're going to deal with people who believe that they've done everything for us and will accuse us of not caring. I will not tell you which mm. one of those people are, but the fact of the matter is we will all deal with this, or you may be this person from time to time. And uh, there's uh, this book is just absolutely uh, fabulous read. I, I just, and listen, listen to it. Listen, if you don't want to read, listen to the audible version of it. It's absolutely fantastic. And uh, Dr. Brinkman is uh, fabulous. And you can already tell he's got an amazing sense of humor. Uh, and, uh, the examples in the book are just, uh, I, I couldn't stop again. I couldn't stop giggling and laughing because they were just so, uh, good. And, um, the, and, uh, he's here, uh, right now joining us here on a new direction. Hey folks, you know that a new direction, uh, we've got a couple sponsors that we have had for quite a long time. One of them is Epic Physical Therapy. And they're my physical therapists. Um, I don't make any bones about it. I love what they do. They have helped me every single time. I've had major surgeries, and they have helped me get back after major surgery, whether it was uh, total knee replacement or total, you know, shoulder re, you know, having all my rotator cuffs torn off of both shoulders or whatever. They have helped me get back to exactly where I want to be, if not better and stronger. And you know what, the reason, part of the reason why that is, is because they have absolutely one of the most advanced top of the line equipment available. Uh, one of one of them is called the Alter-G Anti-Gravity Treadmill, which takes all the pressure off your joints so that you can actually run. The other is the, one of them is called the Normatec Compression Sleeves, which helps you uh, build muscle. And the other is the Game Ready, which I love. It is ice and compression all at the same time. It just removes all the swelling uh, out of your, for me, out of my knee joint. It was absolutely amazing. I love it. And here's the other part of it, is every one of the people there, they're trained and certified in the most cutting edge, cutting edge treatments available. They really are. And I've used probably most all of these, like blood flow restriction therapy or dry needling, which is fantastic to, to get rid of the swelling. And I've also used cupping. Uh, you may have seen swimmers with the circles on their back that they're manipulating with a cup, literally the muscles through the skin. It's absolutely fantastic. I love Epic Physical Therapy because truly, I have to tell you, they have done an amazing job for me, and I know so many people they've done an, an epic job for. So if you're ready for epic relief, epic recovery, and epic results, 
you need to go look up epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors, you know what? They have been our longtime sponsor, and they can help anybody anywhere in the world for 35 years. That's what they've been doing. They're independently owned and operated. And the reason why they can literally help you find them best professional wherever you live is because they're not affiliated with any national company. They have created relationships worldwide, one person at a time, just like they do their clients and their customers. And in so doing, they have they have literally been able to create a network of the best real estate professionals around the world. So whether you're going to sell your home, no matter where it is, or buy a home, before you start, why not contact the professionals at Linda Craft and Team Realtors? They are going to help you. Their clients call them the legends of customer service because their customer service is legendary. And if you happen to be in Raleigh, North Carolina, or the Research Triangle Park area of North Carolina, why not stop in at 7300 Six Works Road, get yourself a bottle of water because they're going to hand you one, whether you want one or not. And let them talk to you about what your needs and wants are. And they would love to introduce themselves to you and find out what they can do to help you achieve your dreams and your goals. So why not learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction with Dr. Uh, Rick Brinkman, uh, my friend. Uh, Dealing with People You Can't Stand is the name of the book. And uh, and it's absolutely a fabulous read. I, I can't say it enough. I just love the book. Um, I really, really do. Uh, and, you know, as we're um, as we now we're here at this part of the show, I think it's probably uh, important that we just talk about a, a, one other piece before we get into some of these people. And I, I think this is the piece it, that we need to, to before we start talking about specifics is you have in chapter nine, you talk about, and the title is called how to change your attitude. And I think this one is critical because, you know, we talked about briefly that, you know, changing our attitude, but how we do that is fundamentally important to dealing with others because it's an act of the will, certainly, because you know, you start out right away by saying, you know, changing your reactions, you start by deciding what you want. So take us through, if you don't mind, of how we go about changing our attitudes before we deal with these people. Yeah, well, you know, uh, our reactions to people are a bunch of associations we've accumulated over time. You know, an association is a trigger, like you hear a song play and it takes you back years to that time of your life just like magic or you smell something and then you're transported through time now you didn't purposely do that oh yes i will think of this time in my life every time i hear this song no your mind just did it for you and that's because associations get uh created by two things one is repetition like the song plays over and over again or intensity if you get sick of a certain food it's a while before you want to eat that food Well, uh, our mind is programmed to replay the past and replay the present, you know, so uh, and that's part of survival. Touch a hot stove. I will never forget. Don't do that. So that's part of survival. But the problem with what we're talking about with people is I if I have a negative interaction with somebody, I'm going to replay it again and again. Oh, they said that and I felt bad. They said that I felt bad, said that I felt bad, said that I felt bad. Think of what you're doing. You're doing repetitions to the way it was. The next time you see that person, you're going to feel bad even more quickly because you've been practicing it in your spare time. Mm. Minds will be minds that you cannot not replay or preplay. Preplay means you're thinking about the future next time you see that person. What you can do is harness your uh, mental process by deciding, all right, what do I need in that situation? What inner qualities? Here's an example. All right, I, I was learning to speak in front of groups. I was as afraid as anyone uh, else at this point in my life it's the most comfortable place i could be eight thousand people is the biggest group i ever did but that time i was scared to death i asked myself what do i need i and i thought i need to be calm and centered calm and centered mm-hmm. so i asked myself well who could be calm and centered in front of hundreds of people and i immediately thought of kwai chang kane from the kung fu television show mm-hmm. Uh, your listeners remember David Carradine. Absolutely. Uh, he's a Kung Fu master in the old Wild West. Yeah. He throws gunslingers in slow motion. He's not going to worry about 200 people. He could take them if they rush the stage. So I would mentally get into Kwai Chang. What, get inside his body. What does he think? What does he feel? You know, on the outside, I noticed 
that he was calm and centered. But once I got inside, what I felt was the, a, a trust in the perfection of all things. Mm. There's no screwing up. Everything is perfect. And so he can be totally present and respond to it. And so after I, what does Kai Chang think, feel? How do I feel in my body? How am I breathing? And then I would squeeze my hands together interlace my fingers and squeeze my hands to purposely create an association between the squeeze of the hands and the internal state. Then I would come out of it briefly, all right, close, explore Kwai Chang even more, uh, come out of it, and then do it once again, like two minutes in, concentrating 10 seconds out. So I've done three repetitions, and the fact that I'm concentrating on it is the equivalent of intensity. So at this point, if you do that, you could just interlace your hands, and boom, you're going to be right back there to whatever quality you want. So now the next step is to transfer to the place you want it. So I would go back to a time I was scared in front of a group, but then imagine being Kwai Chang, interlace my hands, I squeeze, suddenly I have all those beliefs and feelings of Kwai Chang, and now I replay it the way I would have liked being that using that model. And I would do a few of those. And then I imagine the next time I'm going to do it, right? I'm going to be on a, in front of a group next week, and I'm a Kwai Chang, and just being here now in front of the group, just being calm and centered, comfortable. I wiped out all nervousness in a two-week period. And this is essentially what I would do with my patients, allowing them to change their behaviors and reactions to anything and anybody. And the beauty of it is you have all this mental time. You are going to replay the past. You are going to replay the present. You cannot turn that off. All you can do is make sure you're doing it the way you would like so that you're having a different reaction in the future. And you can model anybody in anything. I had a guy who modeled his dog because he wanted to jump up first thing in the morning exercise. I had a patient who was a shut-in. She wasn't completely shut-in, but she only had about a one-mile radius. She modeled a mountain. She felt the mountain could handle anything that life threw at it. A year later, she's on a three-month trip traveling around the world to 30 countries. Wow. That's awesome. That's called using your mind on purpose. I love that. So let's 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 talk about a few of these uh, folks and and here's and if you're okay with this, this is kind of what I would like to do. I would like to I'm gonna sure. present I'm gonna present one. I'm gonna ask you who they are. I would like to ask you you know kind of who they are. So you give us kind of an idea of who they are, and then um, you know maybe you know what our goal is, and then maybe kind of a the the action plan coupled with the attitude. Does that work? All right. Sounds like the Difficult People Game Show with yeah. our host. Yeah, here we you. go. So, okay, <laughs> Dr. Rick Brakeman, author of Dealing with People You Can't Stand, here's your first person, the sniper. Whoa, well, let me see if I can lower my IQ so I can have a meaningful dialogue with your <laughs> listeners. Uh, s- sniping uh, t- two, two, two snipers in one. You've got malicious sniping and you've got friendly sniping. Okay, friendly sniping is friendly teasing, that friendly put down humor between friends. There's no intent there, but it could have some unwanted side effects depending on how people feel about it. Now, I grew up in New York City where friendly sniping is at its zenith. And even though everybody does it all over the country, it is nothing like it is in New York City. And I found when I went out west (laughs) and I started doing that, people were laughing on the outside, bleeding on the inside Mm -hmm. until somebody actually said, hey, you know, I'm not comfortable with this. And I'm like, oh, okay, because it's good intent. It has good intent. Now, the malicious sniper is they've got something either – against you maybe you got the promotion they think they should have gotten or there's some issue unless you see that they're an equal opportunity sniper in which people and that probably means it's not about you personally but they've got suppressed anger and resentment whatever's going on in their life and it kind of comes out in this thing bottom line a sniper can't snipe if there's no if there's no place to hide you have to call attention to it you got to call them out of hiding and the biggest mistake people make, is, especially in a meeting context, is to try to ignore it. But here's the problem. Human beings can only pay attention to seven, give or take two things at any one time consciously. So if I'm speaking and somebody makes takes a shot at me and I just go on, everybody else in the audience has two bits of attention on Rick. What's he going to do next? Two bits of attention on the sniper. What's she going to do next? The rest of their attention has gone internal. Gee, what would I do? And everybody in the room is going, hi, I'm not here right now, mm-hmm. but if you keep talking – I'll keep pretending we're at a meeting. So you you got to go to it, you know. So I heard you say that I should sue my brains for non-support. What's going on? <laughs> you just back, you back. It's called stop, look, and backtrack, okay? Slowly I turn, step by step, and then you backtrack whatever their comment was to you, and you ask what's going on. And the sniper in a group setting will just go, oh, it's nothing, and they will back down. 
But then ultimately, you're going to have to have a second step in the strategy where you try to clear the air. If it is really about you, uh, then you have to clear the air. If it's not about you, well, I'll tell you, a psychiatric nurse tells me she's new on a job. She's at a meeting. There's a Socratic doctor there. She was stunned at how he spoke to everybody there. She pulls him aside privately and says, listen, uh, we're both professionals professionals here uh you're never going to use that tone of voice with me is that clear but he wouldn't do it with her at the meeting but he would do it with everyone else so finally at one of these meetings a psychiatric nurse has had enough she turns to a nothing nurse somebody somebody who was really never saying anything and was just taking it she goes you know i think it's rude and unprofessional for him to speak to you that way if uh, what i find more absurd is you're willing to come to these meetings every week and just take it if i were you i would bring a loaded squirt gun and if he talks like that <laughs> Anyone? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, so the next meeting, uh, she's put that out. I come to this meeting with a squirt gun. Uh, and then the next meeting, when he started to become sarcastic, a couple of other people, the meeting went squirt gun time, squirt gun time. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's brilliant. And they, they retrained him. They, he, it wasn't about anybody. It was just his pent up stress that he was suppressing that came out. Sniper can't snipe. There's no place to hide. That's awesome. Uh, okay, so let, let's let's do let's do another one here. Um, what what can we do? The judge? Are we ready for the judge? Sure. Can we do that? Okay, who's uh, the, who's, uh, go, ahead, go ahead. Yeah, the judge comes out of that get it right perfection area of the lens, and they're judging you. You know, they're looking at details. Uh, the judge first originated in our dealing with relatives book. We found that uh, uh, the there were three behaviors there. Well, there were eight. We found in the relativist book uh, that were very common in, in that relationship. And, you know, part of that was the judge, the meddler, and the martyr, which didn't really have an equivalent. The other five behaviors and relatives had their equivalent, like somebody who's the general. They're in charge of the family. All right, you're doing this, you do the dishes, then we're going to the movies, we're leaving at 2 o'clock. So that's kind of get-it-done control, but it's not quite a tank who's attacking anybody. Right. But those three, meddler, martyr, uh, and judge, were unique. So we included them in the third version of People You Can't Stand To. So the judges get it, done, get it right, uh, a lot of details, and they're looking at you and criticizing. But the problem that – now, if somebody is just appropriately pointing things out to you, hey, you know, if you button your collar, it's really going to look a little better. That's a different story. But the negative judge is nitpicking on details that don't really uh, matter. It's just, it's just criticism, relentless, detailed, nitpicking uh, criticism with no real – positive intent on the surface at all well there's there's but but there's multiple kinds of judges too right yeah there are different uh kinds of judges it depends how they're judging you know the hanging judge and there's uh i don't know uh, there's different well, types of judges well yeah well <laughs> yeah so there's the nip, there's the small claims judge right that complains about the failings of everybody else to everybody else Right. And then mm -hmm. the the hanging judges that throw the book at you if you disagree with anything they say. And then mm -hmm. the and then this one, I know it's the cynical judge. Right. Looking up, they, they look up only to tear something down. And and because they believe you're motivated by selfishness. Right. Ah, yes, that's right. And then and that's good. Go ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, no, you. Well, it, it, it's coming out of that area of the lens where you also get whining and negativity. So with whining and negativity, it gets generalized. Everything's wrong. Nothing's right. It's always that way. Uh, uh, where When somebody's whining, they're feeling helpless. When somebody's negative, uh, they're being hopeless. Uh, where the judge goes in a different direction, they go too much into details and criticism. Whereas when people get negative or whiny, they're going in a different direction from a same motivation, but they get uh, overgeneralized, and then you can't problem solve a generalization. Mm. When, one of the things that you said about the judge is um, that judges may wind up in constant pain because the world refuses to conform to their standards. Oh, of course. Yeah, they have a standard that nobody can uh, reach. It's, you know, perfection gone, gone mad. Mm. So it's just re relentless uh, criticism. And in a family setting, it's, you know, if you have a judgmental parent, uh, that child's probably, as an adult, going to get as far away as they can right. <laughs> from them. And uh, I mean, uh, you know, the number one coping strategy when it comes to relatives is geography. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I get. Yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm guilty of that one. Um, so one, one of one of the other things you say about 
about those who are being judged by the judge is that they may become cynical and apathetic. And oh, of course, they they take on that behavior. Unfortunately, we we there are things our parents said or did we vowed to never say or do, and then we end up saying doing them, because the child's world to pretend is not just fooling around having a good time. They're modeling behavior, trying it on like clothing and unconsciously buying it. Mm. So how do we deal with the judge? Well, you uh, have to kind of protect yourself. You have to set up. It's really number one is an attitudinal adjustment to realize what they're doing and whatever visualization you need or whoever would be your model who would uh, I think Kwai Chang would work for me judge because he would just be there now and realize it's about this other person. But you would really have to prepare, prepare yourself with the right attitude so that they can judge you, but you don't have to feel uh, being judged. Right, because there's there's a couple problems, right? Because if we get defensive, we're according to the judge, we're condemning ourselves. If we say nothing, we make ourselves look guilty. <laughs> so, I mean, we we're, there really has to be this kind of this attitude adjustment that you that sometimes I guess the court rulings that we hear from the judge, we actually I think one of the things that you say is that we actually have to start creating our own courtroom in our mind and and encourage yes. our, encourage ourselves. Yes, you would. Uh, so once you made the attitude adjustment, uh, you know, you might project positive on them. Listen, I really appreciate that you want to help me uh, with my dress and that you care about how I look. However, uh, w- your constant criticism is just making me not want to uh, be with you at all or even talk on the phone. So, uh, you know, we have a choice here. We could enjoy each other as family members or we could not talk anymore. What would you like to do? Mm. So a lot of times you want to lay out some paths. This is really good with somebody who's a um, family member who's being tanky general. All right. You you lay out the choice because it lets them be in control. There's a story from the book. Uh, uh, it's, he's the grown grown up son, you know, in his late 20s. Uh, his father is a Marine major, even though he's not in the Marines anymore. Everybody calls him major. He wants everybody to call him major. Uh Bobby is in Hawaii, he's a surfer dude. He comes back to North Carolina, to a small town, uh, and he's got long hair and puka shells, and it's a small plane in a small airport, and it's when you get off the plane, you know, down the stairs like the old days, and people meet you on the tarmac. Immediately, the major starts commenting on Bobby's dress as he turns around, and he being the major and wife walk towards the terminal. Suddenly, the major notices that Bobby's not with them. He's standing back there at the airplane. Major comes back. Bobby says, listen, I came here to enjoy you guys as a family. However, if there's one more comment about my dress or my hair, I'm going to wait right here until the next plane and go back to Hawaii. Now, I, we could either enjoy each other or I'll go back. Which would you like to do? The major said, there'll be no more comments. Mm. And now that was that's perfect because, see, it put, gave here's the choices and it gave the ju- uh, not the judge in this case, but it would work with the judge. Uh, but the tank in this case, the general control, you decide what happens next. Uh, so, uh, you know, you just have to draw uh, draw a line and not be willing to be judged. Do you realize we've been on it for an hour? Yeah, and it seems like we're just getting started. I know it so. does. So, you know, what that, you, know, you know what that means, right? We're going to have to bring you back. Yeah, sounds good. Part uh, two. I, yeah, would you mind Revenge doing, of the difficult people. Yeah would, yeah, would you mind doing Revenge of the Difficult People? No, let's do it. I'd okay. love to. Awesome. So listen, uh, the show's called A New Direction, um, and I ask my friends, uh, you're certainly our friend, um, if you could provide a new direction for the listeners regarding dealing with people you can't stand, what would Dr. Rick Brinkman say uh, to help people find a new direction in this area? I would say that the world is your laboratory, and if you really pay attention and think of it that way, uh, you're going to see what works with people, and you're going to see what doesn't work. Uh, Studying yourself of how you change, depending on context and relationship, where are you, what's going on, and who you're with. And when you start looking at the world that way, uh, it's – it's just like the curtain is lifted and you're going to see where people are coming from and it's going to be so easy. You know, like anything you do, it's kind of a mental muscle. Like if we take understanding to put aside what you have to say and let another person feel understood first is just a muscle to develop. And if you develop that muscle, you can't get in an argument with anybody because an argument is just two people who want to be understood at the same time and nobody can do it. So uh, I'd say just pay attention. 
uh, know what you want, pay attention and try things, be flexible. What you're doing isn't working, just do anything else. Love that. His name is Dr. Rick Brinkman. The book is entitled Dealing with People You Can't Stand. I told you he was going to be awesome. I told you he was going to be funny. He was all those things and more. Folks, this is the show. You know what I say every week, and that is, you know what? Be inspired, because when you're inspired, you can inspire other people. And when they're inspired, they in turn inspire others as well. And that can make this world a marvelous place. I look forward to seeing you next week with another great guest, another great book. And as I say every week, ciao, everybody. confidence and the answers don't make sense you got to keep your hope alive you got to know you can survive this is your time to find a new direction a brand new day a new direction things are gonna change Dreams will take you places you have never been before Find your passion, find your strength Don't worry anymore A new direction